Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If you're constantly on the hunt for a good deal, then you need Rakuten. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because members get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, and more. You're already shopping at your favorite stores. Why not save while you're doing it? It's a no-brainer. Get the Rakuten app now and join the 17 million members who are already saving. Cashback rates change daily. See Rakuten.com for details. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Your cash back really adds up. Tonight, the terrifying moments in a place of worship. We don't understand why these things happen, but we know God's in control. A woman opens fire in Joel Osteen's megachurch. What police are saying tonight about her mental health, criminal history, and what their investigation is revealing. There was a sticker on the buttstock of the rifle that stated Palestine. The CBS Evening News begins now. Good evening, I'm Nora O'Donnell, and thank you for being with us on this Monday night. We begin tonight with the terrifying shooting at Joel Osteen's megachurch in Houston. The church hosts nearly 45,000 worshipers weekly. Police tonight are searching for a motive, trying to determine why a 36-year-old woman opened fire. Well, here's what we know. Law enforcement says the suspect has a history of mental health problems, and they found anti-Semitic writings. Two people were injured, including the shooter's seven-year-old son, who tonight is in critical condition. Two off-duty police officers are being hailed as heroes. They shot and killed the suspect within minutes, likely preventing more bloodshed. CBS's Janet Shamlian has the developing details. Terror in a place of sanctuary. Gunfire erupting during a church live stream, just as a pastor was starting a Sunday service in Spanish. We're shooting at late with two people down. We need an ambulance. Tonight, police say 36-year-old Genesee Moreno went into Houston's Lakewood Church with her 7-year-old son by her side, pulled out an AR-15 that read Palestine on it, and opened fire. They, they were repetitive. Boom, 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 boom. Two off-duty law enforcement officers working security fired back, killing her amid a chaotic scene. These two officers held their ground. They held their ground in the face of rifle fire at point-blank range. Police say the shooter's son was caught in the crossfire and shot in the head. Tonight, he is fighting for his life in critical condition. A 57-year-old man shot in the leg has been released from the hospital. Authorities say the shooter, who also had a 22 caliber rifle, had a history of mental illness. 
They say they also found anti-Semitic writings. We do believe that there was a familial dispute and some of those individuals are of uh, are Jewish. Lakeland is one of the nation's largest churches. Can I tell you again what an honor it is to have you in the house of the Lord? It's televangelist leader Joel Osteen says they were lucky to be between services at the time of the shooting. We've been here 65 years and have somebody shooting in your church. Authorities say the shooter has at least six prior arrests, including unlawful carrying of a weapon, which she pleaded guilty to. And they say the rifle used in Sunday's shooting was legally purchased in December. Nora. Janet Jamlian, thank you so much. Overseas now, two hostages are back with their families after Israeli troops stormed a heavily armed apartment in southern Gaza and rescued them. It all happened in the city of Rafah, which Israel says is the last remaining stronghold for Hamas terrorists. It's also where more than one million civilians are trying to find shelter from the war. And a warning, some of the images you are about to see are disturbing. Here's CBS's Deborah Pata. It was an audacious mission. Under the cover of airstrikes, Israeli special forces swooped onto a second-floor apartment in Rafah. This morning, curious onlookers gathered at the scene where soldiers had rappelled down ropes with hostages Louis Har and Fernando Marman as they exchanged heavy fire with Hamas fighters. The men, who are brothers-in-law, were taken to a hospital in Tel Aviv for a longed-for reunion with their families. But I must say that the job is not done. We are happy today. But it's not a, it, we, are, we didn't win. As the fighting ramps up in Rafa, family members urged hostage negotiators to do everything they can to bring the remaining captives back home. Please be serious and strike a deal. The rescue was a rare feat amid growing international criticism of Israel's plan to launch a ground offensive in Rafah, where over 1.4 million Palestinians are sheltering. At the site of the raid, our CBS News producer Marwan Al-Ghul. Dozens of Palestinians were killed in this operation. The majority of them are children and women. Some killed on the spot in their cars, others in their tents as they lay sleeping. The injured were rushed to hospital. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu hailed the operation as a historic success, saying there was joy over the release of the hostages, but also, Nora, sadness over two soldiers who were killed in action. Deborah Pata, thank you. President Biden tonight is pushing for a six-week pause in fighting in Gaza. He met with Jordan's King Abdullah today at the White House to talk about the hostage deal and how to bring an end to the war. CBS's Ed O'Keefe joins us from the White House. Ed, it is clear the White House is not supportive of this new Israeli offensive, right? That's right, Nora. In his appearance with King Abdullah this afternoon, President Biden made it clear he doesn't support a major military operation in Rafah unless there's a detailed plan for the evacuation of those more than one million civilians there. They're packed into Rafah, exposed and vulnerable. They need to be protected. And we've also been clear from the start, we oppose any forced displacement of Palestinians from Gaza. 
Now, the president shared those concerns directly with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in a call on Sunday, and he's starting to more openly criticize or question the Israeli government's decisions. Last week, he called their military response in Gaza, quote, over the top. And he dispatched his deputy national security advisor to Michigan last week to assuage concerns of Arab American leaders, acknowledging in private to them that the administration has misstepped in the course of responding to this crisis. That admission's partly due to domestic political pressure from Arab Americans who make up an influential group of voters in the key swing state of Michigan. Right. Nora? We'll be watching it, O'Keefe. Thank you. Tonight, a major winter storm is moving through the south before targeting the northeast in the days ahead. Significant flooding in southeastern Alabama has shut down roadways and prompted multiple water rescues. Schools in New York and Boston have been have canceled in-person classes for Tuesday, and travelers are being told to prepare for long delays. So for more on all this, let's bring in meteorologist Mike Bettis. He's with our partners at the Weather Channel. Good evening, Mike. Nora, good evening. That's right. Tens of millions of people in the Northeast under winter storm warnings as a hard charging storm rolls its way in. Now, initially, temperatures will be mild and a lot of us will start off as some rain here along the I-95 corridor, but then quickly go over to snow. And there'll be a brief period morning and early afternoon where the snowfall rates will be very intense. But by the evening, everything is gone. So it's a very quick shot, but a very intense shot. There'll be a narrow corridor of very intense snow here where 8 to 12 inches will be very possible here. That'll include a New York, up toward Providence and Boston as well. This is heavy, wet snow. It's backbreaking work, unfortunately. The key time period when you wake up in the morning in New York as well as Boston, a lot of places here, Nora, as much as half a foot of snow is on the way. The first time we'll have done that in New York in more than two years. Yeah, a lot of snow. Mike Bettis, thank you. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is back in the hospital tonight after a two-week-long stay at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in January. This is all due to complications related to his prostate cancer treatment. CBS's David Martin reports from the Pentagon that officials are being more transparent about this hospital stay, unlike the previous ones. Less than two weeks after appearing in the Pentagon briefing room in obvious discomfort, the Secretary of Defense is back in the intensive care unit for the second time since his surgery for prostate cancer. Secretary of Defense Lloyd J. Austin III underwent non-surgical procedures under general anesthesia to address his bladder issue. Dr. Herbert Lepore, professor of urology at NYU, says it sounds like Austin may have developed scar tissue from the original prostate surgery. I'm going to speculate that over the course of the last couple of months, scar tissue developed where the bladder was connected to the urethra. So there was an obstruction in the urethra? Yeah, so the scar tissue will impede the uh, outflow of, of urine. Austin has temporarily turned over the responsibilities of his office to his deputy, Kathleen Hicks. We anticipate the secretary will be able to resume his normal duties tomorrow. But Austin canceled a scheduled trip to Europe for a meeting of NATO defense ministers and of the coalition which provides aid to Ukraine in its war against Russia. Austin will have to participate in the Ukraine conference by video. It's a setback in what was already a slow recovery. How confident are you that your recovery is going to be complete enough to continue in what everybody recognizes as a very demanding job? Well, nobody recognizes that more than me. It'll just take time. How much time? Uh, No, they they can't put a number on uh, in terms of days. Despite the complications, Austin's doctors say his chances of beating the cancer are still excellent. When the White House was asked if the president has any concerns about Austin's ability to continue in the job, 
The answer was not at all. Nora? David yeah. Martin at the Pentagon. Thank you. There's breaking news in the race for president. Also, there's a new CBS News poll that's out tonight that shows former President Donald Trump holding a 35-point lead against former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. This is among Republican voters in her home state. CBS's Caitlin Huey Burns spoke with Haley today about Trump's recent attacks, not only against her, but some of America's closest allies. He's not qualified to be the president of the United States. With early voting now underway in South Carolina, Nikki Haley is launching her strongest attacks yet on former President Donald Trump. How do you explain his popularity here? Well, I think the polls are the same that we saw in New Hampshire. And I moved 25 points in the last three weeks of the race. You can look at any poll you want, but the reality is this is when they are starting to pay attention. Are you prepared to take this all the way to the convention? I'm prepared to continue to go Michigan to Super Tuesday. Why don't we let that happen? Haley slammed Trump for saying over the weekend that he would not protect NATO allies from a Russian attack if they failed to contribute enough financially to the alliance. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. Trump has long criticized NATO, but these remarks drew outrage from the White House and concern from world leaders. I think what was said was not a sensible approach. Though Republican allies on Capitol Hill came to his defense. I learned a long time ago not to overreact to what President Trump says or what he tweets. Do you take Donald Trump at his word? I absolutely take him at his word. Russia has never invaded a NATO country because Russia is intimidated by that alliance. Why would you go and put that alliance in harm's way? And she called Trump unhinged for mocking her husband, Michael, an officer in the National Guard. Where is he? He's gone. You're going to mock my husband who's deployed 8,000 miles away? What does that say about someone who wants to be commander in chief? Because as a military spouse, it makes me worry about Michael's safety. As someone who was in national security, it makes me worry about the future for our kids with him starting a war. And tonight, Donald Trump has asked the Supreme Court to pause an appeals court ruling that had rejected his claim of immunity in the January 6th case. Meanwhile, Trump was off the campaign trail today and instead in federal court in Florida for a hearing in the case involving his handling of classified documents. Nora. Caitlin Huey Burns, thank you so much. Turning now to last night's Super Bowl that was a game for the ages. From Kansas City winning back-to-back titles to the incredible halftime show to all those fabulous commercials. CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports on the big night that for many was tailor-made for excitement. Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes pulls out a thrilling overtime victory to defeat the San Francisco 49ers. Mahomes wins the Super Bowl. It's Kansas City Chiefs are now back-to-back Super Bowl champs with a chance of an unprecedented three-peat next year. To be able to, um, to have our stamp on this great NFL history um, is something that I'll never take uh, for granted. There were some bumps along the way, this one in particular. A heated Travis Kelsey bumped Coach Andy Reid on the sidelines. Both shook it off after the game. I was just telling him how much I love him. I just love that the guy wants to play and wants to be in there playing. And he knows I love that. So it makes me feel young. The passion continued with Kelsey and girlfriend Taylor Swift writing the next chapter in their love story, though he should probably leave the singing to her. Viva Las Vegas! Got me like, oh my God, Or to Usher. 
who got rave reviews for his halftime show featuring a host of special guests and a duet with Alicia Keys. And in Super Bowl ads, this intentional sour note as Ben Affleck showed off his lack of musical skill. We talked about this. Like a good neighbor. Topping most fan lists, State Farm with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. You are a backstabber. I bet you can't break that. (laughs) I bet I can. And Beyonce joked about breaking the internet. How about Barbie? Then did by announcing a new album. Drop the new music. But perhaps the biggest winner, Las Vegas itself, hosting its first Super Bowl with an estimated economic impact of six to eight hundred million dollars. After Super Bowl Sunday comes Great Escape Monday, and they expect it to be the busiest day ever here at the Las Vegas airport. Nora, just 363 days from now, Super Bowl 59 in New Orleans. Can't wait. This was a fabulous Super Bowl. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. There's breaking news from New York City. There's been a deadly mass shooting on a subway platform. We've got those details next. Now to this breaking news out of New York City. One person is dead after a shooting during the rush hour commute at an elevated subway station in the Bronx. The victim was among six people shot. The others are expected to survive. No suspects are in custody and there's no word on what prompted this shooting. It was a historic day on Wall Street. The Dow shot up 125 points, closing at a record high just below 38,800. Investors are anticipating an update on inflation tomorrow that's expected to show a drop back below 3%. All three major stock indexes have seen gains for five weeks straight. Two women say their dream vacations turned into a nightmare. The U.S. government is warning Americans not to travel to these popular destinations. We'll explain next. The State Department has issued a travel warning for the Bahamas due to a dangerous rise in violent crime, including reports of sexual assaults at a popular resort. CBS's Manuel Bajorquez reports on the impact just as spring break planning begins. Bahamian officials point to the sheer number of tourists as a sign that visitors feel safe. We had over 9 million last year, and the overwhelming majority of those individuals left satisfied, safe. But the U.S. recently issued a travel warning due to a nearly 8% increase in homicides, mainly local gang-related killings, the latest last week. This is the scene where a murder happened in broad daylight. It's the middle of the afternoon. It's uh, just across the street from a playground. Though this is a residential neighborhood, uh, no reason for tourists, I'm told, to come through this area. This now accounts for murder number 25. Nassau-based channel Eyewitness News has been covering the crimes. That crime situation that is happening in the Bahamas' local communities, gang-related incidents, not crime that you're hearing about in tourist hotspots or at the popular resort. Last week, two Kentucky women say they were drugged and raped by resort employees after visiting a beach in central Grand Bahama. It was like a dream vacation until it wasn't. Two men have been arrested in connection with the alleged assault, though the resort says surveillance footage conflicts with the women's account. Vendors and the government alike are concerned about the travel warnings fallout. There are similar concerns in Jamaica, where the U.S. recently reissued a level three warning, meaning reconsider travel. The Bahamas remains at level two, like Costa Rica and the Dominican Republic. We spoke with tourists in Nassau. And this doesn't affect necessarily what you plan to do on the island? No, no. 
We're going to do whatever uh, we came intended to do from the beginning. Tourism accounts Tourism accounts for 70 percent of the Bahamas' GDP and employs more than half its workforce, so officials there are trying to make the point that the killings mentioned in the latest advisory did not happen in tourist areas. Nora? Important distinction. Manny Bajorquez, thank you. Comedian Jon Stewart is back for a second term as host of The Daily Show. That's next. Finally, the long-awaited return of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart premieres tonight on Comedy Central. The longtime host is back in the anchor chair ahead of the 2024 presidential election, and he told CBS Mornings that he wanted a place to unload his thoughts on the current political environment. I'm hoping to have uh, a catharsis and a way to comment on things and a way to I- express them that hopefully people will, uh, will enjoy. Stewart will be behind the desk every Monday at 11 p.m. Eastern with a rotating lineup of correspondents filling in the rest of the week. Comedy Central, like CBS, is part of Paramount Global. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.